This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, New Orleans. Welcome to today's edition of the Black and Blue Report, your favorite podcast for the Pelicans and Saints. I am your guest host today, Brianna. You might recognize my voice. I've been doing the Pelicans planners, and I've also been a guest on the Black and Blue Report. Plus, I'm one of the dancers for the Pelicans dance team. Um, So I will be your guest host today. I'm really excited. We have a great show in store for you. And I'm joined by Doug Tatum. Hey, Bree, how are you? I'm doing good. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you. <laughs> I see you're not wearing any green, you though. See, I, I think I am. I think the tie I have on has some green element mm, to it. Maybe like an undertone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Has anyone pinched you today? No. <laughs> no, but I just got in here with Fred, so maybe later on. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know. So it's been a, a good day today. Uh, The Pelicans just had an awesome game last night. Um, We swept the Kings, so we beat them all four times we played them this season. And we won 123-108. to Um, Great game, especially the first half. I think we ended the half with 72 or 74 points. Yeah, I think it was 74, and I believe Rhino uh, went off for 21 points in the second quarter. And, you know, Sacramento is really important to him. His hometown. Right. He had, I believe, 20 fans and uh, friends and family uh, in attendance, and he finished with 29 points to lead the team. So, to me, it was a great, great way to end that five-game road trip. Definitely. I know that it's been tough being away for nine days in New Orleans, and I'm excited that we're going to be back in the Smoothie King Center tomorrow night um, at 7 o'clock p.m. Yeah, we play uh, Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. uh, Damon Lillard, who's been lighting up the NBA, he's averaging about 25 points a game. Um, we're down one to two in the season series with them, so it's a chance for us to get back to 500 with the Blazers for for the season. Oh, good, good. I'm excited. But Bree, I got a question for you. Okay. What do you think about Tim Frazier, the guy we signed yesterday? Oh, I'm excited. I think he did a great job. I heard the commentary. They said that he flew in, didn't even practice with the team, and he pulled it off. He did a great job. Yeah, I mean, 14 points, nine assists. I thought he did a really good job looking for AD, Mm -hmm. trying to get him the ball. Um, Anthony finished with 27 points, 14 rebounds. I think now Anthony is more than 130 double-doubles in his brief Pelicans career. Um you know, we won by 15, but to me, you know, the margin was much greater oh, than yeah. that. We were up by, I think, like 25 points at one point. Yeah. So, good. I'm glad. I mean, especially beating them on their home turf. That's always a good feeling. Yeah, and, you know, it was a tough road trip. We'd lost the four previous games. Mm-hmm. It's a long flight home from Sacramento, so I'm sure everybody was happy to end on winning that. Yeah, definitely. And so they're taking today off. So is Sean Kelly. That's why we got me in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, good. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. Um, <laughs> after this show, what are you doing to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Um, you know, I think my celebrations pretty much start and end with this green shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> I, and I realized that I don't have a lot of green in my wardrobe. I, I had to dig for this one. So, but you can't pinch me. So no, I know, I know, <laughs> and I'm I'm not doing anything either. I'm a little more interested in the NCAA tournament. 
Oh, yeah. Have you done your bracket? I have an empty bracket right here, and I think I have 15 minutes before the first game begins to fill it out. But um, to be honest, I haven't paid too much attention Mm -hmm. to college basketball this year. I do know somebody's alma mater is not playing. I don't think Tulane made the cut, Bree. I know. It makes me really bummed. You know, Tulane basketball is near and dear to my heart. (laughs) So I'm going to root for Kentucky. Where our yeah. big man Anthony mm-hmm. Davis played, and uh, I'm a native of Kentucky, so makes perfect sense, and it's easy for me to pick them to go all the way to Houston for yeah. the Final Four. What about you? Um, I mean, I do agree. I've, I'm always one to root for the team that I have a personal tie to. So Kentucky's a good choice. Um, you know, I also I I've kind of been watching Kansas a couple last couple of years. I know they're the number one team. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. Do you see anybody as like a a Cinderella story that you could uh, find in the bracket? I, (laughs) I don't know. Or or any school you haven't heard of? Any, uh, um, Stony Brook. What do you know about Stony Brook? Oh, I don't know much about Stony Brook or what is CSU Bakersfield? Uh, (laughs) uh, probably California State. Fred, help us out. Probably. Really? (laughs) what yeah i think that's gotta be a california school well there you go yeah uh southern unfortunately didn't make it past the playing game they played holy cross really tough but lost 59 55 so we now there's not a louisiana school in the tournament no uno no no (laughs) tulane no lsu um so you know all the locals need to find a different team to root for so why not you know Help our big guy out and yeah. cheer on Kentucky. I'm Absolutely. sure Anthony will appreciate it. I think that's a good choice. You know, and in, the, and in making your brackets, too, it's pretty close to impossible to doing a perfect one. But especially with the first, what is it, 32 games? Yeah, I'm, I'm normally wiped out by <laughs> Thursday evening. My bracket's normally dead by that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's fun guessing and predicting. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing tonight is watching watching some college basketball. Well, there you go. That sounds great. I'll be in practice getting ready for tomorrow's game, um, but it'll be good. So um, coming up, we have a little bit of audio from the Pelicans game from last night. So stick around. If you haven't experienced our new and improved sideline premiere seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action, but full vantage point of the court. It's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline premiere seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. Josh Groban on stage Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square, featuring songs from his new album Stages as well as his classic hits with very special guest Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Coming up, we have a little bit of audio from last night's 
big win of the Pelicans against the Kings. We have a post-game press conference interview with Coach Alvin Gentry, plus a walk-off interview with Anthony Davis and our newest addition to the team, Tim Frazier. Coach, congratulations. Nice way to end your road trip with a win tonight here in Sacramento. Uh, I, I thought it was. You know, uh, Obviously, we struggled uh, through this whole road trip. Uh, I thought we had some good moments. Played some good basketball, couldn't quite get over the hump. I thought from start to finish, we did a good job tonight. You know, had a little bit of a tough time at the start of the third, you know, uh, but we recovered and I thought we did a good job. Tell me about Tim Frazier and what he brought to the table tonight. Uh, he, he got here at 11.30 this morning, so so he didn't know a whole lot. Uh, we uh, give him an iPad with, uh, you know, just basic plays on it, and then uh, I talked to him uh, pregame to try try to get him through some of the stuff that we try to do. But for the most part, he was just kind of on his own and just doing it by field and stuff. I thought he did a good job. You know, basically in this league, you know, the drags and situations like that are pretty much the same. I just thought he did a good job of reading situations and uh, uh, getting guys the ball in the right spot, especially considering that uh, he's, he's not played one minute with this group of guys. But I thought he did a great job of finding guys. It was fun watching Ryan Anderson come home, coach, and have a big night. It also proved to be a help, a be a big help in the second quarter too. Oh, it did, it did. You know, uh, I think that was a high for the for the season in the second quarter. But uh, I thought Ryan did a good job of of just staying spaced out on the floor, uh, waiting for the opportunities to come. I thought he was a lot more patient tonight uh, with the spacing situation, which allowed him to get it. And then on the closeout, I thought he did a good job of driving the basketball. He made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, as far as passes, but we got him in the space, and I thought he did a good job of, uh, of coming through. How long have you had your eye on Fraser? Oh, we, we, we watched him for a while. We really have, and, uh, you know, considered bringing him in a, few, a couple of times. But, uh, you know, he kind of fit what we, we want to do from an uh, up-tempo pace kind of standpoint. So, uh, you know, he's a great kid. He's a, he got some toughness, I think. So, uh, I thought it was. I, I thought he played great. I really did. I thought he did a good job, and not just the the points, but just running the offense and keeping everybody organized. Gave us an opportunity to uh, rest Drew some, and and obviously when we don't have to expend and play Drew a ton of minutes, I think it helps us too. I uh, think that uh, Ryan liked to play against Sacramento. I mean, he did help get that 74 points in that first half. He what he scored 31 points in the first half in an uh, earlier game. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just think it's coincidence. I don't think he, you know, I mean, obviously you want to do well against your hometown team, but, you know, it was a situation where uh, we tried to uh, allow him an opportunity to get in space where people have to close out. And uh, with his feet set, he's, he's, he's a really good shooter. We know that. And that's what uh, we, we, he had a lot of opportunities like that in the second quarter where he had his feet set or he was able to, they able to close out so hard that a couple of dribbles then he, 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 was, he was in space anyway here today. I mean, did you feel like he was really decisive? It seemed like he made really quick decisions, and that was one of the reasons why he was setting guys up and just made a lot of good plays. Well, I, I think he's a, he's a good basketball player that has a good feel for the game. So if you do that, then uh, you know the timing of plays and, and when to get uh, guys' balls in situation. I thought, he good, I thought he really did a good job of finding AD, you know, at the right time where he was catching it and shooting it in uh, in rhythm. So um, that in itself, I think, is just something that you have a feel for. It wasn't anything that we ran, uh, we taught him or anything. Uh, he just has a good feel for it. Eight straight double-doubles now for Anthony Davis, who finished with 27 points and 14 rebounds. He joins us now as our star of the game in the Pelicans' win over the Kings.
Uh, or he was joining us for start of the game. Anthony, you were there? Yeah. Okay. My bad. Hey, it's okay. Uh, congratulations. Nice way to end the trip, would you say? Yeah, um, that was our whole thing in shoot around. Coach told us, you know, we can't go home on this trip, you know, and, and be 0 5. So um, we just wanted to come out tonight and, and try to get a win. We knew what we did the past three times when we played this team to get a win. Uh, we limited our turnovers, and tonight we did a great job of. You know, securing the basketball and making sure that we get a shot up every time. Coach told me, he said, I'd rather not have a comeback tonight. I'd like to get out in front and stay there, and that's exactly what you guys did. Yeah, we just came out and played hard, played aggressive. Of course, we were making shots and, you know, defending the, on the other end of the floor pretty well. So uh, when we do that, you know, we're a tough team to beat. And um, we haven't, we haven't, we didn't come out tonight with a slow start and, you know, let teams get, get ahead of us, and then we got to fight back. So um, this time we wanted to make sure that we're on top and have the other team try to fight back in uh, at the same time us keep scoring the basketball. So uh, it was a good team win tonight. You guys like beating the Kings and Boogie Cousins, don't you? <laughs> it's always fun <laughs> for me, you know, to, to beat them and get bragging rights on them. So, uh, you know, I definitely enjoy it every time. Anthony, will you tell me what it was like to play with Tim Frazier tonight who had a career-high 14 points and nine assists? Oh, man. Uh, it was, it, was, it was amazing. You know, he sees the floor very well. Um, he came out and was aggressive. He wasn't scared um, to go out here and, and just play. You know, coming in for his first game and playing in a new system and um, getting acclimated to everybody. You know, he, he really didn't care. He just wanted to go out here and play basketball. And um, he was kind of like our leader on the floor tonight. He was telling us what to do, telling us to keep running, let's finish out the quarters and, you know, all of this. So uh, it, it's good to, you know, have a guy like that on your team, and especially with his first day. So, um, you know, look forward to, to playing with him again uh, uh, whenever our next game is. I can't, I can't think right now. Yeah. How nice <laughs> will it be to go home and have a home game finally on Friday night? Oh, it's going to feel good, you know, to sleep in our own beds and then try to go home and, and try to get a win um, Friday. So um, it's, it's going to be a tough game for us, but, um, you know, we got to try to take care of home floor. You're going to play a, kind of an angry Damian Lillard and the Blazers on Friday, A.D. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of had our number all year. And so, uh, you know, we got to come. I try to get a win on the home floor against them guys, um, knowing what they like to do, knowing Dame. We're going to try to be the focal point, you know, for our defense. And, um, you know, we just got to try to contain him and make other guys beat us. But at the same time, you know, we got to do what we have to do offensively um, to get a win. You're playing very young, well, young man. I appreciate it, and I always enjoy your uh, visits. No, thanks. Tim, how would you describe your Pelicans debut tonight? Oh, man, I'm just happy that we got the win. That's all that matters, you know, just come out there and try to compete, help the team any way possible, and um, we were able to get a W, so that's good. You looked awfully comfortable. Why? I mean, you've been playing a game of basketball your entire life. You know, it's just if it's in the D League, you know, high school, college, you know, obviously it's a step, you know, step more important and better players, but, you know, it's still a game of basketball. The ball goes in the hoop. you got to get stops. Are you aware that you uh, set a new career high tonight, points-wise? Oh, no, man, I didn't even know. It was, it was, it was, 14, was it 14? Yeah, man, i got to get, get it higher than that later. <laughs> your, your teammates seem to embrace the way that you were playing tonight. How much... How much were they helping you along, especially guys, you know, the bigs that you were throwing the ball to? Oh, I mean, they helped me. They helped me a lot. You know, they was, you know, since I got here, since I stepped in on playing, was a couple, a couple hours ago. You know, everybody reached out to me, talked to me. Well, you know, that's always just a, when you feel welcome somewhere. You know, that helps you come out and play well. And you know, the guys, they, they just made the shots, man. So all credit goes to them. Describe for me the last 24 hours. I mean, literally, we knew you. Drew said, yeah, he just came off the plane and went 14 and nine. I think there's probably more to the story than that. Uh, yeah, man, I, I was uh, headed to a game in Canton, Ohio. You know, I had a D-League game. I guess they had a makeup game. So from there I got the call. You know, I took an Uber to Cleveland and left, left Cleveland at 540 this morning, got here around 11 o'clock, took a little nap, and then came on plate. So, uh, showed you a few plays. Did that help out 
help out at all? Yeah, of course, yeah, man. Anytime you can just see him, on, you know, we got great technology now with iPads. You know, I was able to watch him, so it kind of helped me out. And if anytime we went through something that was complicated, it came out of a timeout where I could see it on the board. Other than that, he just kind of just let me go out there and uh, just run free. And when you got great players around you, man, everything feels. Experience, whether it's the D League or just in general, that helped you be able to step in, in in the way you did. I mean, it's not something you really see very often. And biggest pieces, man. You always gotta be ready. You know, even when I was, you know, in the D League or even when I was in Portland, you know, you never know when your name's gonna be called. So, you know, tonight, fortunately, it was called, and you know, a good amount of minutes, and I was able to just to be ready and just try to compete and uh, help us get a win. This is your third. Go ahead, Chip. No, sorry. Uh, I mean, obviously, you played great tonight. I mean, are there certain things though that you look forward to, like getting to know the playbook, getting to know some of these? You probably don't even know any of these guys, or maybe you know a couple of them vaguely. Yeah, but. No, you know, obviously, you heard names, and you got all stars on the team, and you know, I, I was in Portland last year with Alonzo, so you know, we had that connection. But the biggest thing is just kind of just just fitting in, fitting in, and trying to help any way possible. You know, obviously, I feel like we have a great group of guys here, and that's just gonna help me move along forward easy. So we had some great content coming from Coach Alvin Gentry, Anthony Davis, and Tim Frazier. AD and Tim Frazier were two of the biggest contributors for last night's games. So we hope that they can come in real strong for tomorrow night's game at the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans take on the Portland Trailblazers. Tickets are still available on pelicans.com or you can call 504-525-HOOP. We'll be right back with an interview from Sean Kelly and UFC star Daniel Cormier. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack Night is on Friday, March 18th against the Portland Trailblazers. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. For fast relief coffee. Summer is coming and Keefe's Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keefe's offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keefe's and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keefe's Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keefe's. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. You know, as you know, we have so many great Saints fans that support the Saints through thick and thin. The Saints love to return the favor and support their own. And certainly, we've got one of our Saints fans uh, gearing up for a pretty big event on April the 23rd. By the way, that event is UFC 197. And the Saints fan I'm referring to is light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier, who makes another appearance here on the Black and Blue Report. Daniel, welcome back. It's great to have you again. Thanks for having me, man. You know I always enjoy it. We are so excited about uh, your next title defense here. You've done this once already, and now your old boy John Jones has reared his ugly head again. Um, (laughs) uh, Let me just say this. I did catch some of the highlights, Daniel, of the uh, pre-fight press conference before UFC 196. Let me just start by saying that you're a much better dresser than your opponent. <laughs> you know, uh, you try to you try to you try to carry yourself in the way of a a professional. You know, when I when I watch uh, one of my my favorite guys, you know, he, uh, 
a little guy you guys may know. His name is Drew Brees. He's always dressed to the nines. You know, he doesn't go to a press conference in, in a T-shirt with jeans. He's got his nice suit on, always carries himself in a professional manner. And uh, I try to take the same approach as, as, as most professional athletes, you know. It's a good way to go. And I think in some ways uh, you class up the MMA world a little bit too, Daniel, when you do that. Thank you so much. You know, you know, and, and I think it's a lot of guys are doing it now. You know, if you watch that presser, uh, most of the guys were dressed pretty nice. John was one of the only ones that actually went up there in the uh, in, a, in like a, a t-shirt, a button-up shirt. You know, so uh, I don't know. Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe that's his image. I don't know. But but uh, uh, yeah, wearing a suit is nice, man. It always feels good to dress yourself up. No, it was tailored. It was good. It was a good look, Daniel. That's for sure. Daniel Cormier, tell me what life has been like as the light heavyweight champion here now for some time. Uh, you know, man, it's been it's been it's been good. You know, there's a lot more opportunity uh, with the belt, but there's a lot of responsibility too. You know, you gotta you gotta really be aware of of, of everything. You know, because there's responsibility of obviously carrying the promotion in a, in a favorable light, uh, but then a lot of responsibilities to promote, a lot of responsibilities to go out and and really explain to people what the UFC is and a lot of times change perception because a lot of times people don't really take the time to really understand what the UFC is. You know, they, they talk about uh, it's fighting in a cage, but in reality, you know, it's, it's much more than that. You know, we're high-level athletes that, that come from various backgrounds uh, and not just, just, uh, just guys that, that fight because there's nothing else to do, you know. When you talk about the profile now of UFC, and I think you just touched on it a little bit, the profile seems to get more and more cranked up. There have been some high-profile moments here of late, and obviously, you know, on the ladies' side, we've had that story, this most recent fight involving Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, what's your take on what sport is right now, and, and are we seeing positive strides? Uh, and again, positive is a relative word here because it is still a pretty vicious atmosphere. Um, but what, what would your temperature be on the sport right now? I think that you're starting to see more. Uh, Marquita, please. I think my kids, man, every time I start to do these, they get as loud as they possibly can. But, uh, um, you know, I think what you're starting to see is just what you see in all sports. You know how there's, there's parity across the board. You know, these long-reigning champions, before you had a guy like Anderson Silva that had the belt for seven years, you know, you had guys like uh, uh, the last guy to really carry a title that long was Joe uh, before what happened to him. Uh, a lot of these reigning champions, they don't last as long because there's parity across the board. Uh, and I also think that when you think of the sport, uh, it's more mainstream now because of people that have really captured the imagination, the Ronda Rousey's, the Conor McGregor's, people that capture the imagination of not only uh, fight fans, but the general sports fan, and then you start to see bigger and bigger events. I mean, the last fight Conor McGregor had uh, sold almost one and a half million pay-per-views, which was like the record for the UFC, uh, which was UFC 100. That was six years ago, seven years ago, and that card was stacked to the nines with Brock Lesnar, George St. Pierre. But now a guy in Conor McGregor is doing it essentially uh, every time he fights. Yeah, it's amazing, and we're we're going to expect a big pay-per-view for your fight. On April the twenty third, yeah. uh, Daniel, does it is it better now that you've had a chance to defend your title successfully going into this fight? Is that does that does that reset your focus a little bit? 
you know, there were a number of things that helped me to reset the focus going into this rematch. Because obviously, you guys know I lost the first one against yep. Jones. Uh, but uh, with what happened, not only getting the title, but kind of going back and getting my mojo back. You know, when I fought him the first time, I was undefeated. I beat everyone, and uh, I was very confident. Lost the fight. Uh, there was an opportunity for him and I to fight again. I was supposed to fight in uh, June in, in New Orleans. And if I would have won, I, I was, I'm pretty sure I would have earned another title shot. But um, it might have been too fast. Now there's been some time. I had a chance to go and get my mojo back. I fought the two best guys that the division had to offer. Uh, I wouldn't have fought Ryan Bader and then got a title shot. I fought Anthony Johnson and beat Alexander Gustafson. Uh, dealt with adversity at this weight class. Had to dig deep. Just getting my mojo back lends itself to, to more success in the rematch. No disrespect here, Daniel. You're 36 now, I think. And training mm-hmm. can't be as you at 36 as it was, say, 10 years ago. Let me tell you something. That is the biggest understatement you have made in a long time, or anyone, because every morning I get up and there is something aching even more than before. And not, I'm 36, but my birthday is March 20th, so I'll be 37 matter of a few days, you know, so, uh, but, but you know what, it's all I know, you know, it's all I know, it's what I've done my entire life, since I was 15 years old, I've been competing at a high level, so I know how to train, I know what I have to do when I'm in the gym, and uh, I just work as hard as I possibly can, you know, so if I have to work myself, work myself, work myself, uh, take a day, take an afternoon to rest and recover, uh, that's what I would do, but I make sure that I'm getting the work in uh, to prepare myself so I have the best chance for success. Speaking of miles on the tires, I couldn't help but think of you not too long ago. We had another round of the, uh, you know, the state wrestling championships in the state of Louisiana. Uh, by the way, I think you did fairly well out of Lafayette back in the day. Uh, do you still think about those days? All the time, man. You know, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday who's a high school wrestling coach down in Louisiana, and he was telling me how successful the state tournament has become. Uh, because when I used to wrestle in the state tournament, there, were, there was one main division, and then they had Division Two, So it was only two divisions. It hadn't been broken down to like it is in football now. And uh, essentially it was our families in the arena. There was hardly anyone in there. But now yeah. I heard that the last few state championships down in New Orleans, they were getting 15,000, 20,000 total uh, attendance. And now even up north, uh, the attendance is pretty good. So, yeah, it's a big deal, man. I enjoy watching it. I, I follow the results. I've got a lot of friends now that coach, uh, which is good. Uh, my buddy was telling me yesterday that he has uh, 60 kids on his wrestling team. Another has 80 kids on their team. Another team has uh, 75 kids. So I'm like, man, there's a lot of wrestling going down in Lafayette, and that's really good. Yeah, no, it's outstanding, and it is a pathway to what you're doing, no doubt that. Daniel, sure. when we taught this fight with John Jones coming up, um, what should fans be aware of? What are the challenges that you'll face, even as, even as going to, the guy going in there with the belt around him? You know, there's 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 a number of things. You know, one obviously is his height. His height was what would cause me a lot of issues the first time. Uh, you know, he's got great range. This guy, he's got great range. Uh, full forward, tall guy, and actually he's very tough in the championship rounds all around. You know, the guy had defended the belt eight times against eight different guys. I'm his first rematch. I know what I'm feeling in there, so that 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 again lends itself to confidence. There are a number of reasons that, I, that I'm excited about this fight and confident about this fight, but he does present his issues. Is, is he um, 
is he the guy that is you, you mentioned his height um, but is he the guy that's had more counters than any of your other opponents you know he, he's the guy that's actually been able to withstand the pressure and the pace that I put on guys that I fight most mm-hmm. guys kind of wilt under that pressure you know I make him work so hard for as long as we're in there that they kind of wilt this guy was able to sustain his uh, his, his composure he was able to continue to fight even in the face of, of tremendous adversity. He did a lot of things good in that fight. So, yeah, he does well countering, but he also does a great job of dictating the, 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 the pace, the game plan, his game plan uh, going into a fight. He, he did some things really well in that fight, and I'll never take that from him. Yeah, no, I, I think that's gentlemanly of you and, and smart of you as well. Uh, so, Daniel, based on your style, his size, everything else, are we in for a long haul on April the 23rd, or do you have to go kind of quickly at him? I think it's going to be a long, grinding fight. You know, the, the one thing about the guy is he's very durable. And uh, being that he's durable, it'll be tough to get him out there unless we catch him in a, uh, a, a submission. You know, but I'm anticipating that he is in the best physical shape of his life. Mentally, he's well prepared. Uh, outside of all of his issues, outside of the octagon, I'm, I'm thinking that he will be as prepared as he's ever been. And I need to make sure that I feel that way because if I feel that way, I'll prepare uh, to make sure that I'm ready to counter that. The next question may not be fair, but I'm going to ask it anyway, okay? Um, yep. Re- regardless of the result on April the 23rd, Daniel, are you looking uh, still as, as, through a long lens with regard to your career? Or is this, is this coming to a head where you want to make it really count because there may not be many more fights left in you? You know, I try not to look at retirement. Um, I don't really want to talk about the days where I sit behind the Fox desk and wear expensive suits and get food fed to me and everything, you know. So uh, I'm looking at it as down the line. But I'm going to do it just to do it. You know, I want to fight big fights. I want fights that matter. I mean, honestly, I'd like to just be fighting Jones for the rest of my career if I could do it that way. But, uh uh, as long as my body holds up, I'll do it. But I'm not going to do it just for money. I'm not going to do it just for fun. My legacy in this sport means something to me. So uh, this one here really matters. This is the one that uh, this one determines a lot going forward. Yeah, I, I, I sense that just in the sound of your voice. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you here. I know you've been training, so your focus has been on that. But while you've been training for UFC 197, the uh, NFL offseason is underway. Um, how about your New Orleans Saints? Have you been able to peek at the, what they've been doing a little bit? You know, a little bit. I haven't really paid much attention. You know, I, I did, you know, one that really uh, it had to happen. But obviously, you know, it was a little rough was, was Marcus Colston uh, uh, getting cut. But, you know, it had to happen. And, uh, you know, I put a nice little picture up on Instagram from Colston because we never could have expected what we got from that young man whenever they drafted him in the seventh round. Unbelievable career for Colston. Uh, still on the on the news of Breezy, you know, seeing seeing how that's going to turn out. And then the the the, the off season moves have, have been good. You know, I mean, they've been good. You know, I mean, I'm excited about next season. I I think that, and you know, there were times where the Saints, you know, we showed a lot of pro- pro- progress. We showed a lot of uh, we showed a lot of reasons to be excited for the future. Let's make a deal here, Daniel. Uh, you yep. win in April, and then we'll reconvene yep. on this very podcast and talk about that and training camp for the Saints upcoming. How's that for a deal? Let's do it, man. I'm all in, 100%. We are rooting for you, big man, and I know you'll represent 
not only uh, the Houdat Nation, but uh, the state of Louisiana coming up on April the 23rd. Uh, we need a big pay-per-view number, don't we? Yes, we do. We love big pay-per-view numbers. We love <laughs> big pay-per-view numbers. <laughs> we don't mind those at all. So go out and order it. UFC 197, April 23rd, live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Fight Apple of the World, Las Vegas, Nevada. He's the light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. He's one of our favorite guests, and uh, we wish him all the best. Good luck, Daniel. Thank you so much. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. Join us at the Smoothie King Center Sunday, March 20th at 5 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans tip off against Chris Paul and the Los Angeles Clippers. The first 3,000 kids in attendance will receive a Mardi Gras jersey courtesy of Rouse's and Oro Wheat. It's the third item in our Year of the Uniform series. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Get geared up for the big game and wear what the team wears. Visit the Saints team store at Gate B on the plaza level of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Thank you, Sean, for that great interview with Daniel Cormier, and best of luck to him in his upcoming fight. I heard that we have a little bit of Saints news. Doug, can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, you know, free agency is well underway, and on Wednesday the team announced that backup quarterback Luke McCown is coming back which is great news. I think he's probably you know, up there with the best backup quarterbacks in the league in our first game against Carolina uh, last season. You know, He almost led us to victory. I think we played Carolina as well as any team not named the Denver Broncos last season. Um, and we're also bringing in a new linebacker, Nate Stuper, who was with, unfortunately, the Atlanta Falcons the last two <laughs> seasons. So luckily he's getting out of Atlanta and coming on board with the Saints. And there are reports that James Laurinaitis, a tackling machine for the last few seasons with the then St. Louis Rams, is uh, reportedly signing with the Saints. But that's not official yet. Hopefully on tomorrow's show we'll have news about that. And Nate um, is going to be our special guest tomorrow. And Bree and I will be interviewing him. Oh, and wow. uh, that will be on Friday's show. What else is coming up, Bree? Um, I think that's about it. I think that's my cue. I mean, tomorrow's game against the Pelicans also happening. Um, so thank you so much for having me on today's Black and Blue Report. And until next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. 
Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.